Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 248 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's loss to Michigan State and look forward to Saturday's homecoming matchup with the Northwestern Wildcats. We also hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Well, Justin, with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I got excited because I could see what was happening. We were wearing down Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And I called it. I said, we're going to win this game. And I believed it. I believed it. Yeah. That was your mistake. I I thought this was the game, man. I thought I mean, it, it was it. It it looked good, but I was just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. The other foot to drop, whatever the phrase. All they needed to do when the defense had that amazing three and out after we scored, I was like, that's yeah, well, it. All the four all four linemen met at the quarterback. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was it was beautiful how well the defense responded in that moment because I said yeah. to myself, I mean, like, how many times has Nebraska been in a situation where we finally get a leg up and then immediately they immediately. score in like two seconds? Immediately, yeah. like the was it Iowa where we scored to make it a one touchdown or Wisconsin last year, two years ago, and then they returned a kickoff. Yeah, and it was another time that season. It was against Iowa as well. They returned a kickoff for a touchdown immediately. It just happens, and we finally took that extra step. We got out ahead of it. The defense did their job. They buckled down. It was amazing. The, and the then the Connor offense Colt did his job. Yeah, yes, he was kicking well. Oh boy, here we are. Welcome to the Husker Pod, everyone. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we were last night after the game. We were t- texting back and forth. Like, do you even want to? I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk. To, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, I, I don't know how how valuable it would be for us to talk at length about this one. Um, this was a, this was a a game that we we had won. Yeah. Essentially, go go listen to any of our other podcasts after a baffling loss we y- you can hear the same thing <laughs> you know the yeah it, it and so the, so this is more like a therapy session tonight i think than, than anything um i don't know if i have much of value to contribute other than like as a fan uh something has to happen in these remaining games Something has to happen for me to have confidence in this coaching staff going forward. It, I'm just going to yeah. say it, man. It's really, I think last night and even this morning, it's so like you just want to focus on the collapse. And that's really the big thing, the, the you know, the, the lead in the story, if you will. But once you get past the lead, I mean, the second sentence or maybe second paragraph at least has got to be a dominant performance by the defense yeah a you know a i would say adequate for the most part performance by the offense up until the clutch Mm -hmm. um against a pretty good defense and special teams were still a problem up until they were a, a complete disaster but it was it was a very if we had pulled this off we would be ecstatic today oh yeah you know that, and I think that's part of the reason why we're also angry and upset 
is it was almost a program defining trajectory altering victory. And then it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So um, every week I've had an opportunity to uh, retweet what I said on August 28th. Yeah. Are you, are you coming on board team? with me about uh, getting a special teams coach? <laughs> I saw, maybe it was, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter today, was saying, hey, let's throw like double the money at Iowa's special teams coach. <laughs> For <laughs> real, say, Just get over here, man, because there's been a lot of stories in the last couple of weeks about how they went from nothing to amazing in special teams. I think Bizarro Max was talking about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. I'm just I'm looking at the rest of our schedule. Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Um who who of those teams would be acceptable in your eyes as okay, we're back on track if we beat them. <laughs> I no, I don't I'm not. I don't want to have that conversation. I mean, I, I do. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that we're gonna. Ha- we have to take this season for what it is. I think that coming off of last night, plus the Oklahoma game before it, you got to say any. You know, even the season as a whole, we have a Big Ten defense. We have a mm-hmm. good. We have a good senior-led defense. And a comment Frost has made, it's an old defense. So obviously it's a senior led, but when the seniors graduate, you're not plugging in true freshmen. Like yeah. the the defense, it's not it might not be elite, you know, the statistics don't have it as a top ten defense. We're not there yet. But the defense has crawled out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. The defense, we have a big ten defense that will keep us in every game. I think every what the one thing I think is you read through that that schedule is I feel a lot better about the opponents now that we're, you know, like a third or a quarter of the way through the schedule, because a lot of those teams are not as great as we thought they were. True. So I do feel more confident about all of it. I think we have a big 10 defense and like Northwestern, who we're going to play next week, we have a defense that's about good enough to drag along a crappy offense. Really, if the special teams were average, we would have a good Big Ten team. We'd mm-hmm. have an exceptional or a good, a really good defense. I don't want to say exceptional. We have a good defense, an average offense that can at times be explosive. And if we just had that average special teams play, yep, we would be in great shape to compete for the division right now. Right now, even even uh, uh, the Reddit Twitter handle that we enjoy following, they just love to bash on us. Oh my but today, gosh. today they tweeted. You know, in a different universe where there was even three different plays, Nebraska would be the only 5-0 and team in the country right now. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So, like, objectively, we are so close. Mm-hmm. And I think that's but one that's, of the reasons. That's well, that's one of the reasons so it's so awful right now. Frustrating. You know, I'm sure he's not the, uh, the first person or he won't be the last person to make this observation, but uh, our, our uh, friend on Twitter, Brandon Kavanaugh, he he retweeted um, somebody had quoted Frost saying you know at at the end of the game he said something along the lines of like at that point in the fourth quarter more bad things could happen than mm-hmm. good right and and he just retweeted that kind of quote tweeted it and he added the comment no fear of failure indeed and that that for me is why I'm starting to wane a little bit on on the way things are going because come on man. You got to play to win, and I didn't see that happen last night. It was I, I wanted to pull yeah. my hair out when they did nothing with what was it forty seven seconds, two timeouts. They just they just let it go. Try to even get in field goal range. I don't care if you try like a fifty five yard field goal. I mean, why not? He's he's missed enough. Why not have him get a shot at some type of redemption arc in this game? I I have I kind of. I feel the frustration, and I see. I've seen a lot of people frustrated about it, but I also can empathize with with Frost because, well, first of all, as we've established on this podcast, like the Frost kind of changed a lot of things after the first couple of years in the Big Ten. Not to say he's still not like no fear of failure guy, but it kind of does feel like he's like no fear of failure. That works in the AAC. 
maybe we need to have a healthy fear of failure. <laughs> or, uh, um, yeah, so... I, well, see, for me, the, the issue here is, it. I mean, like, it's not necessarily, oh, the adjustment. It's it's just, it it just is baffling that they were playing not to lose at that point. That's what it was. I, n- they it, were writing well, it, it out. Well, they were playing to get to overtime. Yeah. Because here's, here's what, I, and I understand that. Like, Mike, how many insane things have we seen happen to this team in situations that we thought were safe? Like, we've seen so many, and we had just seen one, like, 10 minutes earlier yeah, in so, real time. So there's no so, guarantees, so why adjust? Well, I just feel like... Why play his, so guarded? Ugh. I hear what you're well, saying. Well, I mean, you, you look at the one minute we had left against Oklahoma when we were trying to do it, and we had, like, three sacks and four plays. Yeah. Um, I, granted, we had timeouts here, but you think about... A 55-yard field goal, there's a chance he doesn't get it all the way, and then you have, like, a kick-return situation. You just can't trust our special teams at this point. Your punter, your punter, like, did the thing that you do. Like, did he have money on the game? Like, I'm sure he didn't. I'm just kidding. But, like, (laughs) could you think of a worse thing to do to a team than to send all the defenders to the right, not even line up anybody to the left, and kick it left? Like, you can't think of a worse thing to do. That's like... I want my team to lose. And I know he didn't. Of course not. But I do think that one thought I've had is that Frost really likes to scheme and he likes to come up with creative and clever things. And I think the Big Ten doesn't reward creativity very much. The Big Ten rewards consistency and grit. And we've got a defense that's there. Um, The offense, it's too reliant on Adrian people people flip out about Adrian Martinez but it's like he's the only reason we're in the position to have our hearts broken I was kind of ticked off at Twitter last night um during that game everybody was singing Adrian Martinez's praises oh my gosh Uh, like for for 59 minutes of that game he he is the best quarterback that we you know Frost made the right decision. I guess after four years, we're finally seeing the fruits of all that investment and and wow wow he's a great quarterback. He's carrying this team and yada yada. Like everybody's just just loves the guy. And then we get to overtime, it falls apart, and then immediately people come out of the woodwork saying like I knew it, I knew it. He's he's not the guy. What the, we need somebody else. Okay, guys. At this point, he is our only chance. <laughs> Smothers is like if Smothers went in and stayed in, there's no way that we won that game. Like I I just don't I don't think it's happening. Look at all the crazy things, all those crazy passes that Martinez completed during that game. Smothers wouldn't have been able to do that. There were things that Martinez would, was doing during this game that I, I don't think anybody else playing for Nebraska could do right now. Yeah. I, he he will do things that frustrate you, but he makes up for it in the incredible that happens from time to time and is in his ability to extend plays that nobody else has on the mm-hmm. roster. And, and the offensive line is a liability at this point, and we've got some pretty good talent running downfield, but – you know, Adrian has to like scramble like a madman to get it away, and 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 but he's he's not perfect, but nobody is. So anyway, uh, we're in agreement here. Without without um, without Adrian, we yeah, we wouldn't have been in overtime without Adrian. Uh, I thought that so so we talked a little bit about defense. We've talked about offense here. Special teams is just the conundrum of of the season, and it's been there's been like a different mentality for it every year. Like the first year it was like, we want to get starters in there. Um, we want to have starters compete and they end up using like walk-ons and then that didn't work. And then they've transitioned to more senior guys. And then they had an analyst and now they've got a coordinator who's got other roles. So it's evolved every year on that, on the coaching end of things. And the second year we had six guys attempt field goals and We've had different punters. It's gone back and forth. And 
um, I think Brian Christofferson asked a really good question at the press conference last night, which was, what can you do now? Like, is there anything you can do now to make a, a noticeable or significant change, I'm paraphrasing, in special teams? And I think the problem with the season is I feel like so much of that is baked in at this point. Like, I don't know what switch you flip this week. Other than, yeah, Other than bringing in somebody completely different. Yeah, and that's... I feel like any dramatic change comes with almost as much risk as it does yeah. reward. Yep. And so maybe with, with Cherney, you just don't have him do directional punting anymore. Um, uh, so I missed a lot of the game, and we can talk about that in a bit, but I, I saw the seven-yard punt. I didn't follow much around it, and I think that led to a field goal, right? And mm-hmm. I'd rather have a short field that leads to a field goal than a kick return for a touchdown because, you know... Like just yeah. let's just have Pristip, just yep. have Pristip do it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Cherney can practice like crazy, and you know, Lord willing, one of the teams on our schedule is an absolute mess. Maybe Northwestern, and we can get some backups in or something like. But I just say we're done with him. Yeah, you. It was one thing to ride with Connor Culp, the reigning All Big Ten kicker of the year, but you don't need to have an experiment anymore. I had this really great metaphor this morning. And it made so much sense to me as I was thinking about it. And now I can't, I'm not sure I can make it make sense again. But uh, have you heard of the elephant and the rider? Um, I don't know if it's a metaphor or what. Have you heard of that? No, not at all. Uh, it's the idea that it's like the subconscious versus the analytical mind. And so you, your subconscious is what's like baked in. It's basically like who you are. And it's the elephant plodding forward. And then the writer is like your brain, like trying to think of stuff and make decisions on the fly. And, and you think you're making the, you're making decisions based on the factors and you're making a decision. But the reality is it's really hard to turn the elephant. So you, you think, oh, we need to go left now, pull left, pull left, but it takes a while. And I feel like special teams are just like that. It's, you have these, you have these notions week to week and you need to, we got to make some changes, but the, the elephant isn't. Yeah. Isn't going to be moving that fast. I've heard similar uh, similar metaphor with uh, turning a cruise ship. That's probably yeah. one that you've heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I guess the elephant and the rider, I looked it up here. The elephants, they're irrational, driven by emotion and instinct, and the rider's, they're rational. Yeah, it sounds so like you, a bunch you of... Think, it's it's not like it's I'm not like Myers Briggs or something. No, it's just like the, the idea that... Yeah, it's a, it's we, a decent we, analogy. Yeah. We think we can make really informed decisions that are pulled away from the emotional background. But the reality is the emotion drives the irrational drives who, who sure, that's who we are. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, I just feel like the special teams are just an elephant and it's, and it's like br- running down Nebraskans. <laughs> we're just getting trampled and we're screaming, stop the elephant. <laughs> now I'm really taking the metaphor in a different direction. <laughs> and and that's just what the off season is. The off season is when you train the elephant mm. and you know, you're like, no, the elephant needs a new left leg to be the punter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, Dawson has been leading that effort and he's working with the players. He's got, it's so fun. It's so funny in like an insane kind of way to hear Scott it's not. It's almost not fair to have him do a press conference right after the game, a game like that, because you're so emotional. And like, I don't know how you can say anything that could be construed as thoughtfully analytical, but he he says one thing and he immediately contradicts it. Like, are the players, the players got to be sick of it? Well, are there any players in there who aren't sick of it? No, they're all sick of it. <laughs> okay, so they need to be more sick of it, and then talking about um oh i totally just lost my train of thought <laughs> deep breath here all all that to say uh i there's no quick fixes the defense is good and they know how to coach a defense the offense elements have come along others haven't and we got to figure out special teams for 2022 yeah man we we could use uh a a bye week, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully Northwestern can be considered. There's no. Yeah. Man, why is this game at six thirty at night? I don't know. That's weird. Maybe, maybe uh, we're, we've become a sideshow for everybody on Saturdays. 
That could be. How are Watch they the- going to find a way to lose tonight? <laughs> Watch tonight's car accident. Gosh. Uh, you know, there will be at least some... There will be some uh, comfort in beating Northwestern. Um, you know, not to, not to put the cart before the horse here, but if we can... If we can beat Northwestern, I think we all can kind of take a deep breath, shake things off, and kind of say, okay, how can we salvage the back half of the season? And also, how can we get three more wins um, right. to become bowl eligible? That's the only thing I care about at this point. You're I saying assuming we, beat, assuming we beat Northwestern? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if we beat Northwestern, we'll still need three wins after that. Um, so Purdue... I, I, that's just what I want to see happen. I've been talking, you know, preseason, I was talking about how I want Purdue to be a team that we can finally kind of say like, okay, this is a team we can start expecting to beat. <laughs> I'm just sure Purdue, mm. Purdue fans won't want to ever hear people say that, but, um, and then Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota lost yesterday. Um, yeah. Ugly. And then, uh, put the cherry on top. Let's beat Iowa. There's there's our four wins. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. But I'm getting way ahead of us here. Uh, let's let's uh, let's go to the phones. We got some calls from folks last night. Actually, some uh, surprisingly positive phone calls. So uh, I think tonight we're um, we're gonna go ahead and play them all. All right, let's roll them. So first up is a short and sweet call from uh, Dave in Carroll, Iowa. Dave Wagner, Carroll, Iowa. Bo Pelini was let go for not winning the big games. Not saying Scott needs to go, but he needs to work on the fine things to get it done. Thank you. Bye. Dave, I hear you. Um, at this point, I'm kind of uh, wondering what are those things that <laughs> Frost needs to do to get it done? I, I mean, at this point, they, they just need to win these games. Like the game last night, that's a game we need to win. I don't know what you got to do to figure that out, but yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts, Justin? Uh, no. Short. I don't know if it was sweet, but it was to the point. <laughs> true, true. Uh, but I mean that that is that is. I think it's at least fair to bring that up because that is, you know, that is a uh, metric that we used when we were judging Polini when we let him go. So. Yeah, I think collectively we didn't like Bo as much as we like Scott. Yes, because he wasn't agreed. one of us. All right, let's keep moving. Yep, so next is Alex from Philadelphia. Hey, guys, this is Alex from Philly. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of the movie Office Space, but if I were sitting in front of Greg Austin, I would plainly ask him, what, it is, what do you think you do here? Uh, because it's been four years, and I have not seen a single bit of improvement from the offensive line other than the huge caveat of Cameron Jurgens finally getting his wild snap issues under control. Just penalty after penalty at the absolute worst time, and it's just frustrating doesn't begin to describe it. So, you know, it's just the same song and dance every week, it seems, and, you know, I'm tired of moral victories. I'm just tired of moral victories, and I hope more Husker fans feel the same. Uh, I love the program. Everyone loves the program. But at some point, it's just, man, like, we got to think about cutting bait here or making a change or two. That's all I got. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing good. Thanks. Yeah, you're starting to see more comments like these regarding uh, assistance. And I feel that Greg Austin receives uh, a lot of of this comment on social media because the offensive line's performing poorly. And so, yeah, when you're, when you're, when the group that you coach is performing poorly, I guess that's, that's fair. You get more criticism. Cameron Jurgens is someone who as as Alex is saying here, started early on and has progressed very well to mm-hmm. becoming a dominant player. And I don't know. I, I feel like the guys that he has developed for three years, like Cameron Jurgens, are playing pretty well. I don't know if Cameron jumped off sides. D- did he? I don't know. Maybe he I did. Don't think everybody so. else did. Yeah, everybody yeah. else did. So, well, that's uh, see, that's a frustrating thing too. Is it wasn't just one guy that they could take out. Yeah. It was like the whole line was doing it. Yeah. Ugh. But all that to say, it's it's coming. I don't know. Yeah, I. 
I don't know if it means firing people. <laughs> it probably will in some places. I don't know what that. I mean, like I'm not. I don't have any knowledge, or uh, I can't contribute to that um, competently. So I'm not going to speculate. But you know, I, what I would love to hear in the off season next next year is some explanation of here's what we're doing differently this year to ensure that X, Y, and Z doesn't happen anymore. Like, yeah, I want to see some kind of objective and like tangible explanation of here is something we're doing differently. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, here's what we did with the defense over the last four years that got us to the place where we're, you know, maybe nearly a top 25 defense. The defense would be better if the office offense wasn't so poor. Um, and here's the things that we did that worked there. And here's the way that we are, a few years behind, but making similar strides. I don't sure. know. It yeah. might be apples to oranges, but just showing like the plan, a little bit of justifying yeah. your paycheck kind of deal. It was kind of funny. I, I felt like maybe the the defense was jealous of all the attention that the offensive line was getting, so they decided to jump off sides a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, here's Jeremy from Minnesota. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. This is Jeremy in Minnesota, Vegas here on Twitter. You can tell my voice is a little gone <clears throat> from screaming at the game. But, hey, just wanted to say, I, I found a lot of positivity last night in the game against Michigan State. Uh, defense was unbelievable. Man, I feel so bad for those guys. They played awesome. And our offense, we're not doing it in the red zone, but we're doing it everywhere else. Um, so I'm really positive. Would love to know your guys' thoughts on – who our bell cow should be going forward at a running back. Man, I like Ramir a lot. Um, would love to know your thoughts. Love the show. Have a great day. Thanks for calling, Jeremy. Uh, no judgment on the on the voice issues there. I understand it completely. Uh, take care of yourself, though. A lot of hydration this week. Don't talk unless you need to. <laughs> Mike has experience with vocal injuries. All right, yep. Uh, I guess not, not a laughing matter, so I don't mean to make light of it. No, it's uh, okay. Ramir, I'm Ramir going to there. Ramir Johnson, 19 carries for 76 yards. It looks like he's the bell cow. I mean, the next highest rushing total is Sevian Morrison, three carries for 15 yards. So it looks like it's Ramir's show. Yeah. Uh, another another game with no – well, Step had one carry, um, and I don't remember when it was. So basically yeah. another game without Step. It seems to be it's the Ramir show. So whether or not we, he should be the bell cow – I, I trust you know, their he, judgment. He had some sneaky runs. I was I was okay with, with him being the guy last night. I mean a four yard average, that's great. That's we'll all you could it. ask for from a running back. Yeah. I mean that's a, well, that's the minimum you could ask for. Well I, mean, more. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is if you hand it to him and most of the time he's getting four yards, that's all you need to get a first down. You right. Know? Yeah. Okay. So we were yeah. <laughs> we were on the same page. Yeah. Uh so yeah, thanks for the kind words, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. it, actually, I, I do appreciate some positivity in the voicemail uh, inbox this week. So, yes, thank you, Jeremy. Up next is a familiar voice uh, to both Justin and I, uh, or is it to me and Justin? I always, I ah, I hate it when Justin people say, yeah, Justin and me. I hate it when people do that in written form. It looks so awkward when you're not the subject of the sentence and you write and I. It's like, come on, come on. I know you learned that in the first grade, but think a little bit so anyway um <laughs> here's dan hey guys this is dan from molina illinois with my daughter naomi she has a message for you guys go big red she said go big red of course uh my only thoughts are i tweeted at you guys that you guys should have won by a solid touchdown with no problem i stand by that i think that pun return for a touchdown was a fluke um but you guys are definitely the better team. Not much of a college football, play, uh, football watcher myself, but um, I had a good feeling about this game, and it just ends stupidly, obviously. Uh, you guys are a better team than what happened, so don't let it get to you. Uh, hopefully it goes better next time and you guys finish it off better. All right, bye-bye. Hey, Dan, thanks for calling in, and uh, thanks to Naomi for being a lady caller to the show. Hey, it's, uh, it we, happened. We called for that. You called for that last week, and mm -hmm. and so it came to pass. So uh, you guys will definitely get a free runs of combo coupon <laughs> as per Mike's commitment last week. Mm -hmm. But I think 
the word fluke is probably i mean that's a good way to think about it It was it was not the design in any way it just was a an accident and uh it's a problem when you have fluky things every game and that's why we keep losing Mm -hmm. but it makes me think of the uh the pretty little pet scene in um tommy boy (laughs) <sighs> remind me where, where you know he's like this is why i suck as a salesman you know it's like my little pet and i treat oh. it nice and i then i just grab it and like he he just destroys it because he loves it so much he ends up he can, yeah. he doesn't know what to do with it and he ends up just letting it fall apart in his hands right before right. his very eyes um yeah but uh yeah i love it i love my little naughty pet you're naughty and then i take my naughty pet and i go (laughs) oh i killed it i killed my sale we we literally love this program to death yeah i mean we like we love it so much that it's crumbling under the weight of our collective angst (laughs) i don't think that's actually happening but yeah, no. Anyway, thanks for the call, Dan. So thanks again, Dan. And as Justin had mentioned, uh, we will certainly send. I think, I think Dan he he uh, earned himself a free runs a coupon, and Naomi, uh, Naomi also yeah. earned herself one. Oh, so we're, let's oh, send them two, two for. Um, and then also just because you know, in the spirit of maybe lifting uh, spirits. <laughs> too redundant um i think that jeremy earned himself one as well tonight um he went to the game he screamed his heart out um yeah i i think uh i think that should be rewarded he also had some some positivity uh in his voicemail so i I appreciated that so yeah congratulations to jeremy dan and naomi and uh mike i need to get these things mailed out i've got a running list of people and their addresses (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in the past, I've mailed these out every week, but since these coupons are literally good through 2027, I don't feel quite the same urgency. Maybe maybe on a bye week we can get them mailed oh, out or I'll something. I'll get them to you guys. Don't <laughs> worry. They're coming. Except for the one who did not leave. We haven't connected. I don't, should I say who you are? I need one of your addresses. If we said on the show that we we're going to give you a Runza combo coupon and you have not interacted with us, go check your email and your text messages. Or your text messages because we, or maybe DM us on Facebook <laughs> or, or Twitter because. We, Otherwise, I'm going to take it, you know? Yeah. Uh, if there's, cl- when there's claim a surplus, your coupon we need it. by the Iowa game or it becomes Mike's coupon. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, hey, uh, speaking of games in the future, how about we start talking about Northwestern? Sure. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. Um, overall, SP Plus Northwestern is uh, lowly 82. Their offense is 108, defense 33, special teams 94. So, But that's they, still better than us. <laughs> in special teams, yeah. yeah. Hunter Johnson is the quarterback they've ended up rolling with the most. Um, he was a former five-star recruit from, well, he went to Clemson before coming to Northwestern and things have just not gone well for him. Uh, he's 45 of 75. That's a 60% completion percentage, 424 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions, and a sack, seven sacks. Um, so I don't know if we'll see him or not. Their rushing leader is Evan Hull with uh, 478 yards on 63 attempts. That's a 7.6 yard average. So that's, you know, a healthy average, but it's buttressed by a long rush of 90 yards. Which I'm sure helps helps with his average, but 7.6 is still really good. Uh, four touchdowns. He's he's the leading ball carrier by far. Uh, when it comes to receptions, they kind of have a pair that's getting the most catches and yards. Uh, Stephen Robinson Jr. or Stefan maybe. Uh, 15 receptions, 193 yards. It's a 12.9 yard average and a touchdown. Bryce Kurtz, 16 receptions, 193 yards. Uh, no touchdowns. Trey Pugh at tight end has six receptions and two touchdowns. So got to watch for that release there. Charlie 
Kubander is their primary kicker. He's 10 of 10 on PATs, but he's only 4 of 7 on field goals, 57.1%, including a miss from the 20s, a miss from the 30s, and a miss from the 40s. So uh, probably a big reason why they are 94th. I feel like field goal kicking plays, plays a big part in these numbers. Their leading tackler is Chris Bergen with 33 total tackles, uh, a half a sack, an interception, and a forced fumble. So a pretty active guy from linebacker. Their uh, their sack leader is Jeremy Miser off the D-line with three. He's also got a pass defended and nine total tackles. They have uh, a few guys, Brandon Joseph, Bryce Jackson, Chris Bergen, all have an interception. Brandon returned his 26 yards. So if you look at their schedule for the season so far, they started out with a season opening loss, 38-21, to hosting Michigan State, who... We're familiar with now Michigan State's 30th overall. They beat Indiana State, I think an FCS team, 24 to 6. So nothing special there. Yeah. Then they lost to Duke 30 to 23. That's uh, Duke is 78th overall. And then they beat Ohio, no longer the Fighting, fighting Frank Solches, 35 right. to 6. And Ohio is 113th overall. So this, you know, this is not a good team. Uh, Ryan Hilinski actually was the quarterback in this Ohio game that they just won 35-6, to six, so not Hunter Johnson. I think I think Hunter Johnson's done, especially after that Duke loss. He was really – he had a really rough day. I read a few thought pieces from Northwestern fans that were um, – it, it was pretty doom and gloom for, for mm. poor Hunter. So five stars he was once, but no longer. Ryan Holinsky <laughs> sounds like he'll be the guy who's under center when they come to town. Um, he was 12 of 20 with for 88 yards passing last week. Evan Hull ran for 216 yards on 22 carries, and that's when he had the 90-yard carry for a touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I think we match up really well against that because we just faced a Michigan State team that we shut down when yeah. people were starting to talk about their running back as a Heisman candidate. Mm-hmm. We shut it down. We didn't even talk about that, really. We shut him down. So I I'm a, I really like how we match up against this offense. When we talked to the inside and new kid this, this spring, remember how confident he was? He was so <laughs> confident. He, I don't, and I don't mean to make fun of him, but he was just really confident. Well, that you know, gonna... it's the offseason. You're a homer. I get it. It's okay. But uh, but Northwestern we, fans in general can maybe be a little bit overconfident in their team at times. I, well, some of them can. I don't know. They it's it's a weird history. <laughs> uh, Nebraska Northwestern games are always uncomfortably close. But maybe we just got that goofy loss out of our system. If there's one thing to say about Frost, it's that he doesn't win the close ones. He either loses or he runs blows you out of the water. Um, he just yeah when it's close. He tenses up, and we haven't scored any points. Someone tweeted at us last night, and I think it's right, that they didn't think we'd scored any points in overtime in the Frost or Riley era. Yeah, I saw something that the last time that we scored any points, I think Sean Callahan tweeted that it was a, it was a game in 2013. Was it Kenny Bell against Iowa? Probably. I don't know, man. I don't so anyway, stuff like that. <laughs> all that to say, I feel like... I feel like this team's going to come out. Our team is going to come out pissed next week. They they do seem to be undeterred. That's one thing I will say about this team is that at least from what I'm seeing and hearing from the players from week to week, like it, it, even if all of Nebraska gives up on this team, which they won't, but even if like even if everybody turns their back on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They actually do seem to have a little bit of mental toughness this year that I haven't seen in previous years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I, I don't know. I mean, still a 33rd defense in the country, so we're not going to blow them away. They'll they'll show up, and, you know, they might even have some defensive points. Yeah. Uh, they'll be scrappy, and they always play us tough. But I think, I think we... I, th- I don't want to say we won this one convincingly because there's no reason to say that. That's a foolish thing to say at this point in this season, in this tenure of Scott Frost, but I feel good about this one. Especially with it being a home game. ESPN's yeah, got us at 
Night game. Yeah. ESPN's got us at 78.9% chance of winning. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Their, their magic numbers have us winning uh, eight out of ten times. Oh. Well, all right. If you run it do through they the have Madden a, simulator. Do they have a uh, a uh, spread? Yeah, but I don't care. I'm curious. Uh, Ten. Okay. Yeah, I think we cover that. I think that I think the defense and offense play so that Northwestern so that our special teams don't have a chance to make it doubted. Mm. I think you see a That'd team on nice. fire. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, I would love to see this team just <laughs> I hate to say it this way, take out all of their frustration on Northwestern this weekend. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Take out a few years worth of Northwestern. Clean, though. Play clean, though. I don't want them to do anything stupid, but. No mercy. Exactly. Run up the score if there's a score to be run up. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're remarkably confident in this moment for what just happened last night, but I I feel good about it. I do. You know, I mean, like you were saying, though, change a couple of variables over the last few weeks. This is a much different storyline for 2021. And we are so, we're riding sky high. Are we, are we, Justin, are you and I coming to, around to the conclusion that this team actually is improving? I do think so. I think they're improving uh, in a lot of different facets. And, you know, even my dad texted me talking to a friend at church this morning that his friend was saying that's the most encouraged he's been by Nebraska in a long time. It's a good point. Yeah, if this game happened in the midst of, winning a whole bunch of other games, we'd be upset, but it wouldn't be the end of the world like some people are acting. I don't know. Right. That Nebraska fans still care. Maybe it's a good thing that we podcasted tonight. I'm feeling better right now after talking to you. In the moment afterwards, I didn't I didn't want to, but Oh, I didn't want I'm, to at all. I'm glad we did. <laughs> so Mike, uh I I'm, I'm going to give you a score prediction here. Okay. Do you have one or are you ready for me I to do. go? I do. Okay. I've got 3110. Oh, okay. I have 3124. Man, we are. Man, how do we do that? I don't know. We're, we I, are really I, consistent. I came up with my prediction before you said a word. I like you know, yeah, I've hand had, to my I've heart. For, <laughs> no, I, I believe you. I don't I don't doubt any shenanigans or I doubt any shenanigans. <laughs> uh, just to kind of put a bow on it, Nebraska in SP+. Uh, dropped 11 spots overall to 47 and the offense dropped 11 spots overall to 53 the defense went up seven spots to 31 and we are back down in in the basement the bottom of the basement at 126 down six spots so <laughs> four four from ground level oh boy that's worse that's worse than when we thought it was comical two years ago yeah who to thunk We'd still be here, so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest that I did not watch the whole game. It's okay because I was I was doing market to market yesterday. Yeah, how was that? It was really fun. It was a beautiful day. What was your team's good, theme this year? We had a guess who theme. Okay, and and so we had a, one of our runners made question mark shirts for all of us, and then she cut out uh, signs that squares that fit around our heads with like. Uh, like fishing line type thing to hold it on her head. And then it had guess who on top and our name on the bottom. And then we tried to dress up kind of distinctively. And then we had pictures of ourselves on the side of our van. <laughs> with this, So looking like us, of course. And uh, you'd be amazed at how many people older than, I'll say older than Generation X, didn't know what guess who is. Really? Yeah. I would have expected younger people to not know it, but older people to all know it yeah like our parents generation you'd have thought they're the ones who bought it for us yeah yeah but they also like they bought us for they bought it for us so that we could go play on our own and get out of their hair that, that might be true <laughs> yeah no, it was a beautiful day and uh it was my first run was at 720 and it was 43 degrees and my second run was maybe noon and it was 73 degrees oh and that man was, that was kind of a rough one. I ran across the Platte River, and so there was very little shade, and I was I was feeling it. I was hot. But then my third run was back in the evening. It was into the upper 60s, and it was a breeze, 
run down the Mopac Trail, crush limestone. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. So, a bunch of good friends. We missed you, Mike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, as I was getting into after my, my – the game started during my last run. And so, I actually, I tweeted a picture of looking over somebody's shoulder I at, saw their, that. at their phone. That was great. It's a lot less stressful to uh, not watch a football game. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing something else that requires yeah. – all your attention and energy. <laughs> so then I was at the the after game or the post race shindig, I guess they call it, and they had a bunch of TVs and sure. so popping into that of the game. And then getting back home, my folks were taking care of the kids, and finally sat down for the fourth quarter. And it was, it was you were briefly quarter. elated and then deflated all over the place. <laughs> Mom and Dad drove home after that was all over, and yeah, just uh, sad times. But anyway, really good day. I don't know why you're you're bringing me back to the first time you or somebody in your basement threw the bad call brick at me. I thought it was a real brick. (laughs) (laughs) And so I flipped out and I was like, because like I had seen it a million times. I'm like, "Uh, that's funny. And then somebody threw it at me. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, Oh, it's it's foam. It's foam. Hey, so how did Logan Smothers look? Because actually by the time I got to my phone... He was in the game. I honestly don't remember. He played very little. He played one series? Uh, yeah, because, like, he, he, it was, like, time from, like, Martinez, he stepped out, but then the very next play it was fourth down, so we punted it away. So, like, Smothers didn't even go in right away. So okay. I don't remember how long Martinez was actually out. That's kind huh. of a blur in my memory. But I remember there was, there was, like, oh, great, this this game's out the window and then martinez came back you're like oh hey there's hope (laughs) (laughs) yeah adrian had a good game yeah see and that's uh oh man and that's the frustration is i mean he took a beating Mm -hmm. and played 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 his heart on his sleeve like played his guts out and so many of the guys did real physical big 10 game and it's just you know it's a deposit each each hit is a deposit and then to have the whole like all of the investment wiped away by yeah one by putting it into I, AMC and then I really hope that the players just don't even go on social media during the season. I really hope like for their own mental health, just don't even listen to the idiots online. Just stay away from it all. Yeah, maybe instead of AMC, I could have said they put it into Dogecoin. <laughs> right. And and, uh, and then. China started regulating cryptocurrency and it all crashed and <laughs> and and the investment was lost. I I just was I felt really committed to that metaphor. Yeah, I was just about to say like we're not a financial uh, advice podcast, everybody. So uh, don't listen to me, especially as to where you should put your money. <laughs> Certainly not Star Wars action figures. Someone, uh, you know, there was all kinds of jokes last week about how many Husker fans were going to show up, and uh, someone tweeted at us, doesn't look like there's many of them, less than 5,000, so maybe I'll just sit here for the rest of the night and count individual Huskers. (laughs) I don't care about how many thousands of Husker fans were there or not, I care about the giant sections that were completely empty in their stadium. That wouldn't happen in Nebraska. Well, the seats would be sold at the least. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing, everybody. As we do every week, we want to recommend Central Nebraska Buffalo for all of your lean, healthy, yummy meat needs. Mm. And all of your real estate questions answered and or guided in the right direction by Mr. Monty Rohde. If you want a home... If you're looking to buy one, if you're looking to uh, move out of one, if you're not sure when and if and how to start that process, Monty's it's your daunting. guy. Yeah. Yep. Hook, connect with Monty. It's like in at the beginning of Zelda. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And this is the guidance of Mr. Monty Rohde. He is your old man in the cave. <laughs> He probably, what? I don't know. <laughs> the old man in the cave who gives you the, the sword in Zelda? Oh, I, you know. You don't I, remember uh, video I'm, games I've, from 34 years ago? I've never played all ago? the way through any Zelda games. Mm. They're okay. 
Actually, Breath of the Wild is the objectively the best video game I've ever played. You know, our caller Dan is has a deep, deep love affair with Zelda. Really? Oh yeah. So I don't mean to besmirch your game, Dan. I just I just never got through one. <laughs> I'm sure if I had I would love them. Now, listen to me saying that Zelda's the best game I ever played. And I'm even saying that like as a lifer when it comes to Monkey Island, dude. So Which which Zelda game? Breath of the Wild, the most recent one. Is that on the Switch? Yeah. It is just an outstanding experience, something unlike I've never really? I've never never done any never played a game like it. It's it's how, so how good. many hours did it take? Uh I think somewhere in the ballpark of hundred and fifty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do you could you have done it faster or was that what it took? Um I mean like you do if all you the side wanted quests? if no, not even close. Oh my um, goodness. I, I I wanted to get to a point where I felt like I had fully explored everything without like uh-huh. without like me going down like a checklist of like I gotta find every little thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. What um if I wanted to get the best Zelda experience in the least amount of time and without buying a system, how could I do that? You can't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, not legally. Like, oh, well, not legally. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of solutions if you're if you're not. <laughs> I mean, for for could I do it for five bucks? Um, you have legally? to add, as a baseline have a Nintendo console to play a Nintendo aren't, game. You don't have. To, aren't there like emulators? Are those uh, not illegal? They are illegal. <laughs> oh. I mean, the emulators themselves are not illegal. But to procure the games that the emulators run would not be legal. Now, do you have one of those USB Nintendos that's got 150 games on oh, it? Oh, yeah, I guess if you wanted, yeah. I mean, but again, that's like but you're buying a Nintendo console if you buy like an NES Mini, you know? Okay, but you're missing the point. Do you have one, and then could I borrow it? Yeah, I could let you borrow one. And that would be the original or the uh, second It would one? be the first two Zelda games, yeah. And are those, if I'm playing those, am I not experiencing it? It's, I mean, I'm not having the amazing experience you just described. No, not at all. Well, you got to buy, buy a Switch to play the game that I played. This might just might not happen for me <laughs> in my it's lifetime. Okay. It's I'll okay, just, Justin. I'll just soak it up through you and then through Dan. Sure. Well, much like Zelda's many side quests, um... Our podcast often has its own twists and turns, especially mm. at the very end of each episode. But yeah. ultimately, what we're trying to tell you, everybody, is buy some bison, and if you're going to buy a house, why not do it with Monty? <laughs> That's right. Now it's time for me to do the dishes. And it's time for me to... Oh my gosh, I got a week ahead of me, man. Got a lot of work Uh-oh. to do. All right. Well, hey, man. Go Big Red. All right, go Big Red. Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.